I'd like to say a huge thank you to Schwarzkopf for supporting this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. With 125 years in the hair industry, Schwarzkopf is one of the best known names in the business. Did you know that Schwarzkopf not only invented the first liquid shampoo, but also the first hairspray? Talk about a legacy. Combining quality ingredients, impeccable craftsmanship, and the latest color and styling technology, it is Schwarzkopf's mission to inspire and enable people everywhere to tell their own hair story through products that speak to your identity, let you reinvent yourself, and inspire you to share your hair story. This year, Schwarzkopf are opening up the iconic Schwarzkopf head logo to give a glimpse into the women that use Schwarzkopf, inviting them to share their unique hair stories and the impact their hair has on their identity and confidence. So the relationship I have with my hair right now is fabulous. Hello and welcome to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Bisher. Today's guest is legendary makeup artist, best-selling author, if you haven't read her book, Eat Beautiful, Give It a Google, and beauty expert, Wendy Rowe. Now, over the years, Wendy has worked with some of the biggest beauty brands around and has become a go-to for the A-list likes of Sienna Miller, Cara Delevingne, and Victoria Beckham. You can read up on some of her tips on her blog at wendyrowe.com, and of course, she talks through a wealth of them in this episode. Today, Wendy revealed how she ensures her red carpet clients maintain their makeup looks all evening long. I normally do a little powder, like a loose powder. I always do eye drops and then they're good to go. Discusses the pros of a good body oil. When you come out of the shower and you're wet, you put it on wet because you do it really quickly. And talks about her new take on tweakments. I've kind of gone off Botox. Sometimes I've noticed I look like a bit of a mouse. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining me. Um, I cannot wait to get into all the nitty gritty sort of details and tips you have in all your different categories. And yeah, how are you today? How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, we're supposed to have a good week this week. So um, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, come on. This British summer has to stay for a bit longer, surely. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, real pleasure to be talking to you guys. I've done loads of stuff with you over the years, so it's really nice to be here with you. You have. You're a real friend of Grazia, so thank you so much. And first of all, I would love to sort of talk about what your approach to beauty in general is like in terms of, you know, you must get sent so many products to try out in your kit. Do you, are you constantly trying things or are you quite streamlined in your approach or do you just have this mass of product that you're constantly working through? Well, yes, I do get a lot of product and uh, I can't try it all out because um, number one, I have quite sensitive skin and um, sometimes I don't want to disrupt it. You know, when something's working, you just move with it. Obviously, the skin changes over the years. So, you know, I am always looking for new stuff. And then sometimes, you know, from other makeup artists or friends or something, or, you know, if I go into like, um, like Sarah Chapman, she has other brands there and I think, Oh my God, I was sent that. It smells amazing. Let me try it. You know? Um, so, you know, um, or sometimes I give my assistants things to try. I give my friends stuff to try because it's just impossible for me to do it myself. So, um, but there's always new things and there there are always great things and skin does change. So I do try, but, um, I do have my faves, shall we say. You do, which we will get into today for sure. And speaking of 
obviously our first category has to be makeup. And it seems almost insulting for to me to just ask you for one tip. Um, but what are, what are the, some of the best tips you have to give or that you wish everybody knew about makeup that everybody can kind of make use of? I think when you're older, don't use so much makeup because it will make you look older. Some people make the mistake of doing um, a lot, you know, a lot of mascara and a lot around their eyes. Only certain people can take that. As you get older, your eyelids drop and it starts to make your eyes look smaller. It's just a thing. And also for skin, just keep it light. The skin's got to be good and it's really about just evening the skin tone. Like there's a lot of on Instagram, on TikTok of people doing a lot of makeup. I watch it and I think, wow, that's a lot of stuff. Um, you can only really do that when you've got good skin. When you've got problematic skin, it just tends to make it look worse. So you're better off with a really light base and then concealing just in the areas that you need to because it just makes you look younger. It also makes you look like it's not loads of makeup and you just look amazing. Absolutely. And do you think that some, in some ways TikTok um, and Instagram and those sort of videos that people are cleaving to are a false representation of what makeup looks like in day-to-day life? Because you're obviously working with clients and um, on campaigns where a you know, maybe the models in a shoot are being shot from any number of different angles or your clients going out onto a carpet and being shot by a million different photographers that you haven't, nobody has any control over how those images are going to come out. But a, somebody doing their makeup on TikTok has their ring light set up and everything in perfect order and you're getting that one frame. Do you think that has an impact on how we're seeing or perceiving those makeup looks? Yeah, I think it's really false, to be honest. Number one, everyone's face shape is different. Uh, There's a reason why people are models, because they can be shot from every angle. I think it's very hard because, you know, I grew up doing um, light shoots in a studio where the lighting is controlled or even outside where you have a really great photographer who understands light. When you do a celebrity, you know, and they go on the red carpet, you have absolutely no control. So um, you kind of have to kind of do a middle ground. Uh, I always think I make them look as good as I feel. And it's a lot about um, sculpting the face and light and dark. And if you can get that right, and that's why there's makeup artists, obviously, that you probably at your, you can probably kind of, get it right through that. Sometimes you can't. It does matter what the carpet's like. Sometimes it's not red. Sometimes the red carpet's at night. It really, all of them things really make a difference to what you're going to do makeup-wise. I mean, I know when I do certain people like Victoria Beckham or or Sienna, we try and check out, well, what time of night that's going to be, what the possible red carpet will be like. Because it really is like you're on your own now. And then, and I always give them a little kit to top up because I don't go to the red carpet hardly ever with the celebrity. So you kind of just need to let them know what they possibly might top up if they're going in a car, you know, or the environment's hot. You might be in Cannes or, or Venice, you know, where it's super hot. You know, you kind of have to 
be ready for every eventuality and kind of like damage manage as much as you possibly can. And then it's, you know, you just hope for the best. And which products invariably end up in that touch-up kit? I normally do a little powder, like a loose powder, uh, with a little uh, pad or a little sponge. Um, I always do eye drops. I always do um, a concealer, a little bit of concealer, a tiny bit, um, a lipstick, uh, an eyebrow brush because, you know, like a, a spoolie because you never know what's going to happen. You know, people touch their hair and then they knock their eyebrows and stuff like that. You can only kind of set them. People have to have quite thin eyebrows or uh, uh, sparse hair for you to actually set it right. So, yeah, that's really what I give them and then they're good to go. There's nothing more you can do. Amazing. Um, and I want to bring it back j- just slightly to the tip, makeup tip that you mentioned about reining back on the very dark mascara and the dark liner. Um, for somebody, purely because I can see this being me, <laughs> for somebody who really cleaves to liner and mascara and sort of like a brown smoky eye or something like that um, to make them feel confident, and I can imagine myself kind of sticking with that well beyond when I'm supposed to, what tips would you have for kind of toning it down, but still getting that definition that brings you that confidence? Well, I always think I always use waterproof mascara uh, because I have no control if it starts to drop and then that looks a massive mess. So even though people go, oh, I don't like waterproof mascara because I can't get it off, you need to use an eye makeup remover with oil in and you need to take your time and go back and forward and it will come off. But I think that's a must. I think uh, a lighter mascara that coats the lashes more than a heavy, cloggier one, I would say, is better because it just looks more natural. You can always use dark browns. I'd like to, if I do a smoky eye on me, I don't have these massive eyes like um, like Kim Kardashian, let's say, or, um, or a lot of people on Instagram, they're quite young, they have quite a big spacing. So you don't, you what I tend to do and what happens as you get older is you keep, the like the darkness the intenseness around the lash line and not on the lid a tiny bit in the socket line because no one walks around with their eyes closed so it's going to make absolutely no difference and I would always put a more mascara at the root because it gives you the impression that there's much more intensity but it doesn't start to close the eyes. It doesn't look heavy. Now, I can see you touching your eyes now. Um, always use an eyelash curler because they'll open. And um, and I tend to put an eyeliner in the upper um, waterline because that gives you intensity without it looking like there's a lot of makeup. If you look at someone like Kim Kardashian, she actually doesn't wear a lot of browns and blacks. It's really around the lash line and extended out. It's not on the lid. It's a small amount in the socket line because some people have got quite um, a strong bone structure, so you don't really need to put it in. If it's already there, it's already in shadow, you know? You kind of put in a socket line if someone doesn't have it or you want to lift it slightly, but it's really like that's the minimal bit. The more intense bit is really around the lash line and you can take it out slightly, but it's not about um, putting it over the whole lid. 
And it's harder for someone that's not a makeup artist. It's a, hard, it's a harder thing to do to get right. Those are such good tips and I'm trying to absorb them like a sponge. <laughs> Thank you so much. And then I'm intrigued to know, I mean, you, we've said that your, your kit is so extensive. There's so many products in there. But are there, say, five that will always be there, you think? Concealer, for sure. I tend to use a variety of different concealers depending on the person, depending on their skin type, depending on what I need to improve. So I go from a very sheer to a heavier one. I tend not to use too much heavy under the eye because it can look ageing. In a photo, you can get away with it, but in real life, it's, it, it looks craggy. I would say um, a contour. There's lots of different ones on the market. I tend to use an old Burberry one that I developed. But if you can't get that, and I don't know if they make that anymore, Gucci Westman Atelier is good. I tend to mix up stuff there was a mac one that was just a, a taupey color because i think people get that wrong they get that wrong they tend to use a more of a bronzy color which is doesn't create a shadow it needs to be a bit gray um, which sounds odd but it actually you're creating a little bit more of a shadow so that's a must for me eyelash curlers always used to be sure muir probably use space nk now kevin l Kwan. I like to use face and body is a quite a good foundation because it's light and the Mac, uh, the Mac Studio yeah, Fix. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not Studio Fix. It's called Face and Body. It's a liquid. Sorry, yes, yes. Yeah. Obviously, there's heavier options depending on if someone's being photographed. I'll use something heavier, but it needs to be quite sheer. I mean, Dior Glow is quite good. I tend to use the Burberry um, foundation again because I developed it, so I know what it does and it stays and it, it doesn't look heavy. What else would I use? Um, I'm re- I really, really, really love um, mascara-wise. I like uh, the Bobbi Brown No Smudge and I like the Max Factor 2000 Calorie. I don't think you need to spend loads of money on a mascara. Also, the Maybelline, I think it's high, something high. It's um, high high life or something. That's quite good. And what else? I like my lip liner. My go-to lip liner is the Victoria Beckham number two. I love that. Um, it works on most people. I do like uh, the Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk lipstick. I think that's a great colour. And it works on my skin tones. Beautiful. I'm huge fans of everything you've said, basically, including yeah. obviously your Burberry ones, which I'm gutted. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame, but, you know, that's life. <laughs> Everyone moves on, so. Yeah. Yes. Um, and skincare. So the foundation, I'm, you know, I keep hearing of great makeup and you clearly know good skin. I can tell that from your work and the glow that you that is beaming out at me from the camera right now as well. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'd love to know, A, what you use and what your biggest skincare tips are that you'd love for people to take away from this. Well, I use personally, I use Sarah Chapman, Joelle Soco, it's just French brand, but that's because that's for me and I know that that works. I do use Augustina Sparda sometimes on me, but, um, and I use a Sarah Chapman moisture mask, which I love. I do use the 111 skincare masks. I tend to use them more for work. 
only because they can give you a really different like moisture instantly without using and leaving any residue. They're expensive, but um, they do make a difference for that moment, for that night, not forever. Where the Sarah Chapman one is more of a, a longer term thing. So um, if I use that on me, I really, I must be really going somewhere. But I use it all the time for work. I tend to use uh, Declior, which I think is a lovely brand also. Um, they have this, I don't even know if they make it anymore, but I've bought as much as I can. They had this really beautiful mist with uh, uh, essential oils in, which is gorgeous. I use that. I also you. I do use the Augustina Sparda, not the rich cream, the light cream, because that does work. Uh, and a lip balm. I kind of, I like the um, Longcom lip balm. It's like, a, I tend to have to use lip balms that are more like eight hour cream because I can't keep on anything solid is, is harder to use when I'm using it on different people. I can put it on a Q-tip and then put it on. You know, I don't tend to use things that are harder or you actually use yourself because I think that's a personal thing. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. And then is there one sort of tip when it comes to skincare that whether it's, you know, an application tip or something to do with the routine that you have taken away recently or that you constantly tell your clients about? I've always done this. I, I only cleanse at night. I don't cleanse in the morning because I feel like you cleanse at night to get rid of all of the free radicals, what we say. And, and I think I only know what free radical is because I'm in the business, but I don't think everybody really understands what it is. So like back to basics, it's all the crap in the air, all the dust off the street, all the fumes, uh, you know, just all, all the kind of pollution that you get. So I want to get rid of that because ultimately – when in the morning, because at night your skin will rebalance and you can, I go through using like a overnight oil sometimes. Sometimes I used to use pseudo cream to get rid of any redness. Sometimes I don't use anything. You really have to kind of monitor your skin because we change all the time. The weather changes, the environment is different. So you kind of need to have a few options. Then it gives you a chance, your skin a, a clean chance to rebalance. And in the morning, I just use cold water and I use the Joelle Serco aromatic lotion, which is a little bit astringent, but not, it's very kind and it just closes up your pores. And then I use the moisturizer, a serum and a moisturizer. And that will, basically the serum is feeding and the moisturizer will help barrier, really. Just give you a little bit of protection against the free radicals and now you know what they are yes exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so that's what i would say only cleanse at night give your skin a chance to rebalance if you're wearing makeup you need to take it off and this is something i talk to people about all the time with the bioderm and the air or micellar water uh, everyone thinks oh i take it off of micellar water that's not a cleanser that is just going to take the majority of it off and then you need to use a cleanser, whether it be a balm cleanser or a cream cleanser, clay cleanser, then that makes it completely clean. And people will probably 
understand that as a double cleanse and think, well, I'd have to do that because the micellar water takes off majority, but it will just drag the remnants around your face. So it's not actually clean because I talk to clients and stuff and go, well, you can't just do that. And then you need an eye makeup remover. That's if you wear makeup. If you don't wear makeup, you can just go in with a cleanser. So it's really, you know, depends on what, what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think somewhere along the line, this idea of double cleansing got mixed in with this very elaborate seven step skincare routine that people are kind of peeling away from now. And it's really not, I think people almost think, okay, you're going in with an oil balm and then you're doing this and you're doing that. But it's as simple as you're removing your makeup in a kind to skin way and then washing your face. Yeah, and then washing the remnants off of a cleanser. The thing is, the more steps you give people, the less they're going to do it because we're all quite lazy at heart, me included, and I just think don't make it too complicated because people just won't do it. And then that will be that. And then of the simpler steps that you could have just done, you won't do anything. So true. And cleansing is the base of everything that you're then putting on afterwards. So I guess there's no point spending however much you're going to spend on a gorgeous moisturiser if you're not prepping your skin properly for it. Yeah, because it just won't penetrate through. And put it this way, moisturiser is just there to help, you know, like barrier, give a little bit of moisture. It's not going to change your skin. You are going to change your skin by working out or, you know, just breathing properly, sleeping well eating right, that's really going to change your skin. And all of these things are just helpful extras. The finishing not that touches. I wouldn't do it because I would never not go out for moisturiser on because I'd feel like, oh, my God, um, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, oh, my God, it's going to get really dirty and it's going to damage me, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's such skincare is holistic and I think that often gets missed. Yeah, And then moving neatly onto your next category, treatments. What are your go-to treatments, Wendy? You've mentioned Sarah Chapman a few times, so I'm wondering whether a facial is going to come into the mix there. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, facial for sure. Should always have a facial at least four times a year. Listen, sometimes I don't do that, you know. So if you could have uh, like two a year, that's good because – You can give yourself kind of home facials. Whether you've got the time to do that, I don't know. I mean, I think some like home treatments, you know, they're never going to be that strong because if you could make a mistake, no one's going to legally be okay about that and they'd be off the shelves within minutes. So I think, you know, you need to go to a a specialist, have a facial because they can do all this massage and stuff that you – you can't do it as well yourself. There's, you know, even with machines, and if you just don't, you know, they're professionals. It's what they do for a living. I think that is a must. And I say four times a year because change of season. Oh, who knows at the moment with the environment changing all over the place. So, you know, two is good enough at least. I like at the moment, <laughs> I'm into M face, which lots of places do. And you need to have four over five to ten days um, spaced out from 
of five to ten days and it works the muscle. It's like a slender tone for the face, but it's a little bit more upscale. It helps with the collagen, it helps with the texture, and then you only have to have it done every few months. I do really feel like it's made a difference to my, um, my muscle tone in my face, for sure, especially around the jawline, which is kind of most ageing of most people. So I love that. Um, I do think Morpheus A is good, um, and you can have that done all over your body. Mind you, you might need to get a loan out for that. Um, but if you can afford it, do that. Not in the – I've kind of gone off Botox um, only because I think, like, you can only have it done so much before when you start to smile or move your face. Sometimes I've noticed I look like a bit of a mouse. The face is not moving. <laughs> like it should. So it's a bit like, I think that's why the M face for me is a better solution. It's working the muscles. I'm there, there's um, a girl, Kevin, I can't remember her surname, she's probably going to Bevan, I think. Um, she does this thing for skin pigmentation because ultimately you can have, if you want to do this, if you want to do Botox and filler, make sure you go to someone good because people can get that so, so wrong. And it's probably better to spend more money and go to someone good than just, I don't think beauticians should not be doing that. Then they don't understand um, things like that. Um, And I just think that you should probably, I'm, I think as you get older, that becomes less of a good thing to do. I think you should stick with, kind of other solutions there's another facialist that i think is really good shane cooper and he does like a kind of needling but it goes deeper in the skin and it helps with the collagen because it's the texture of the skin and it's about the the skin looking like small pores um not lumpy getting rid of any scarring cavan's the one for pigmentation so i think all of them things will always make your skin look better. There's no point in having any form of surgery, any form of, of filler or Botox, if the texture of the skin is not good. And then if you feel like you want to do like surgery, which I'm not against at all, I think, you know, if you go to the right person, I think them things can look great and not look like you've had anything done. Like if you wanted an eye lift or half a facelift, I'm not sure about the strings because I've never seen anyone that's had it done well. Um, But there are small things that you can do, but you do need to research who you go to for sure. But there's no point in having any of that done if the skin texture is not right. Yeah, I totally agree. And and if you are researching practitioners, like Wendy said, always make sure you're going to an accredited professional and you can look those up on Safe Face, have a website with the register as DPSA. They're really, really useful resources. So do your research for sure. I mean, also, I do think if you've someone that you know has had something done and you think it looks good, then that's always good also, you know, because um, I actually didn't know about them websites. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well work <laughs> them out. Yeah, it's important. No, Absolutely. Really good. And in terms of body care, bath products, that whole shebang, what are your, what are your go-tos? Um, and, yeah, what are your top tips in that area? Anything you'd recommend? I mean, a lot of bath stuff shower gels and stuff are are not um have um not very good stuff in them 
You'd be surprised, but unless you're a chemist, you would have no idea. I tend to use, I like Walida because I know that they have good products in and um, it's not going to harm my skin. I like their their shower gel. I also like, is it Gnome? Um, N-O-O-M. Neon. Neon. Mm. Yes, um, love yeah, Neon. Neon. I love their products. I think they're really good. I also, on a cheaper value, love uh, magnesium um, Epsom salts. I think they're so good, and there's a variety of different ones you can get of them. I think they're great for muscle, you know, getting rid of toxins and relaxing muscles. I also like Ren. I think they do great um, bath oils, and I also like Aromatherapy Associates. They do amazing bath oils. And I think them three uh, that I've told you, I always tend to use. You know, I also like Suzanne Kaufman because her products are beautiful, but they're more expensive and you run out of them quicker. And you never really want to spend that much money on a on a shower gel or stuff like that. There's a new one that I love and I want to say it's Oliva or... Oh, Oliviana. I know it's in the blue oh, packaging. That, yeah. yeah, that is beautiful smells and yes. really, really amazing. I love that. I actually was introduced that, even though I sent it and didn't realise, being in the store and Sarah Chapman, that's why I always think it's good. And then they put some of her scent in, in just in a bowl as I was walking around. I was like, what is that? It was beautiful. Um, so I I think that's what I would use and that's what I do use in the bath and shower. I tend to use body moisturisers. I mean, I like Clarins. It's old school. Mm-hmm. I've always I used love it. Clarins. I use it at work because it's not too greasy, um, but it moisturises. And um, I like the Walida Skin Food. I love that. I also like Susan Kaufman because I know her stuff is natural, but it's much more expensive. Obviously, Augustina Sparda, I like. I do like a, I do like an oil, a moisturising oil, especially in the summer. I've given some to my friends before, and they're like, oh, it's too hard to put, use. But the way to use a, a moisturising oil is when you come out of the shower and you're wet, you put it on wet because you do it really quickly. I moisturise my body every day, and I have done since I was a kid. Like, it stood me in great stead as I've got older because don't just do your face. You need to do everywhere, you know, because um, it's it's all a living organ and you need to take care of everything. Make sure you do your feet, the bottom of your feet too. Um, all of them things matter because people tend not to do that. Yeah, totally. And I always think I'm a big fan of a body oil too and and use it in the same way that you said, straight out of the shower when your skin st- skin's still wet. And use a lot less that way as well because it spreads. And the point of an oil is that it's occlusive, so that it's locking in. It's it's what you do to babies, isn't it? That's exactly what you do to babies. So it makes sense. Yeah, if it's good for a baby, it'll be great for us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back right after this little aside on Schwarzkopf, a craftsman with 125 years of expertise in hair. Leave it to Schwarzkopf to deliver color and styling products that make way for reinvention. In the spotlight today is Schwarzkopf's Oleo Intense range, their first oil-based at-home hair color. Infused with caring oils, you can rely on the Oleo Intense lineup to nourish your hair as it colors and leaves your lengths gleaming with radiant shine. 
now with new haptic system, which creates micro bonds and strengthens the hair structure for up to 90% less hair breakage, the beautiful hair results you can see and feel. So whether you're toying with an all-out revamp or refreshing your signature look, head to schwartzkopf.co.uk to find your perfect Schwartzkopf Oleo Intense Shade. I'm going to move through from body care through to self-care because I think there's a link there. And particularly with the products that you mentioned, they've, you know, a lot of them have essential oils in, they're very ritualistic. Does your body care feed into self-care and what other things do you do to kind of give yourself that time? Um, I've always worked out for over the years. I think back and I think what sport or thing have I not done? It was just embedded in me. I was quite hyperactive as a kid. So sport was quite a thing. You know, if it wasn't like from just playing out on the street, you know, playing on your skates, on the bike, you know, to being in the netball team, uh, doing karate, trampolining, gymnastics, ballet. I mean, I've done it all, you know, from going into the like 80s, more aerobics and stuff like that. And then I went into um, calinetics and gyrotonics when I was in New York and dance. And now as I've got older, I want to say, I mean, I've done running too, which... I don't really enjoy, but I play tennis, but I'm not very good at it, but I just like like just like being outside and stuff. And I just think I now I do yoga and Pilates, I just kinder to myself. Even though I like doing dance things and tramp classes and stuff, it takes its toll on me. And I just don't want to be injured, but I know you need to move. You need to move for the breath because you breathe better. You you don't think about anything that's going on. You know, we all have things going on in life. And when you take an hour out, that's why I can't tend to do stuff at home. So the lockdown was a nightmare for me. I need to go somewhere and do something for an hour and concentrate on what I'm doing because everything else is is gone and you just have an hour for yourself. Also, if you do it at home, the doorbell rings, the phone's ringing, my dog's in the way. There's always something, you know. So I just think if you go and do that, that's really important. I mean, I wrote in my book, Eat Beautiful, Stretching is like the skin smiling. Dancing is like the, it's like the body laughing. And I just think, uh, you know, you need to move because then you don't become this person that uh, you're not using all parts of your body and then you start to look old and the movements. And I see people in my industry that move quite young, even though they're old. You know, um, it's so important for mental health and, and body. Um, I also try and have a massage. I'd like to say once a month. I don't do it once a month. Um, I think that's really important to take, like try and do it like a spa day, even if it's every six months, just to like have a massage, go for a swim, just take a an afternoon out and listen I'm lucky I don't have kids. I mean, I say that, um, you know, it's just that I, I, my life is not like that. So I, I, you know, and I, and I need to look good and I need to be healthy from my job. I'm carrying 30 kilos of cases, which is 60 kilos, which is more than I weigh. So I need to be quite physically fit to do what I do because everyone thinks makeup is, oh, you're just doing the makeup. And it's, you, they, you, you're like carrying stuff and you set up really quickly and we have to take lights now and, 
all of that. So, you know, you need to be physically fit and, you know, and I need a break from all the stuff that's going on and just to not think about anything and just take a moment for myself. And, look, meditation is great. Do I do it? Not very often. But when I go to yoga, it kind of makes me do that. All of them things. I think eating good food is great. Do I do it all the time? No. I do it um, as much as I can, but sometimes just want to eat crap. And that's okay. But as soon as you don't, you feel instantly better. Yeah, and it's about cooking and fresh produce. It doesn't need to take ages. You can make a salad. It's all about chopping stuff up. Listen, I don't believe in regimes. I don't believe in um, telling people off. I don't believe in diets. I believe on do what feels good for you. The body tells you, it really does. You know, and we all, I don't know if I can swear, maybe I shouldn't swear. Um, We can all not do good things and that's okay too, you know, but it's better to do more good things than less because then you get stuck in a hamster's wheel and it just feels like that's all what's going to make you feel instantly good for the moment. We all get stuck in it, and uh, I just think just don't beat yourself up too much. Listen, you know, note to self also, because, you know, I'm no angel, and, um, yeah, just just don't think because I've been bad this day or week that I can't be good tomorrow. You know, you just can, and it's all about balance, and, you know, we go up and down, and you, you wouldn't understand the good things if you don't have the bad things. It's just kind of part of life, I suppose. Not when you're going through them bad things. You think, oh, God, is this ever going to end? But then you would never know the good stuff, right? Exactly. And I love that. You put it so, so well that, you know, have these kind of standards for yourself, but don't make yourself feel guilty when you just want to eat crap and things or you just don't feel like exercising. Yeah. Yeah. You should like sometimes just give your body a break, you know, sometimes just loll around. That's okay. I know when people yeah. have got kids and stuff, it's much it's much harder, of course. Um, I do think, God, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, um, it's all part of life's tapestry, right, and we figure it out. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And not to segue too clunkily, but there's really oh. no graceful way of linking to self-tanning, Wendy. Talk to me about self-tanning. <laughs> <laughs> know what I think about self-tanning listen I love to have a tan I always look better don't get me wrong I I do I I do use the James Reed sleep mask which I do every now and then like every couple of weeks because it's you can't get it wrong you need to wash your hands afterwards but you wake up and you're brown but you're not really brown you just look better I I I do have a spray tan every now and then. And I think, oh, God, is this really toxic? Then is it better than being in the sun? I don't know. Do you know? Recently, I had Jimmy Coco came round. And, I, you know, listen, I do like it. I do, do like it. Can I be bothered to sit around in a dressing gown for ages? Not really, because that kind of annoys me. Listen, I grew up when everyone used to have a sunbed. So, um, you know... They, they, no one really knew about stuff then. But I do use self tan. I tend to use mainly 
James Reed because I know it's light and you can't get it wrong and you can mix it with any moisturiser and it's an easy thing. I did get a major tip years ago, which I've stuck to for years, from Dutson um, model. She said to me, sunbathe in the shade. And I don't like sunbathing because I get too hot, but I can lay in the shade for ages. And you get a really nice tan, no marks, hardly any marks. It's more of a surround tan. And you can stay in the shade for so much longer reading a book. So I think that's a really great tip. You don't need to be in the baking sun to get a suntan. You'll get a suntan, it'll be much slower, much more even. I tend to use skincare people's sunblocks, uh, Dr. Sam Bunting. I like her stuff. I like the violet, violet. Yes, ultra. I like that. I also like the Sarah Chapman Skin Insurance. Uh, Obagi, Obagi, they do yes. great suntan stuff, uh, suntan lotions. I, I, I believe in them. But I like. Listen, when I'm on a shoot and I need to make someone browner, I the products that I tend to use are. Um, I have a face and body to do mm-hmm. that quickly. Um, there is a spray in a can. I can't remember the name of that I use on set a lot. Um, it's a red can. And there's not much going on, No, but you have given this to me in a quote before, I remember, and it's a really obscure brand. Yeah, and it's, that's all they do. They do these sprays, and that's good because it stays on. So if you've got white legs and you just want to do that quickly, that's great. But just remember, if you're going to tan anything, Make sure hands look the same colour as the face. I mean, my face is a bit whiter than my hands because I've been on holiday. You know, people make the mistake with makeup. They make their face really olivey coloured and they forget of all the rest of them. When I do someone for a shoe or a carpet, I do everything. Body, hands, anything that shows. So everything is the same texture and same colour. So that's what, like where you had your make it couture. I also use Sally Hansen. Now, I don't know if you can buy that here, but I used to buy it in the States all the time. And that is great. And you can do your legs. And I do bodies with that. With the spray, I mix in moisturizer because it's quite dry. But that's about it. And you will need to shower it off. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. That was so many tips. And I totally agree. I think people who grew up kind of baking themselves find it really hard to not do that still on holiday but I, I people you can you, you still get this beautiful natural glow if you've got your you've got all your SPF on and you're keeping yourself safe in the shade too um I don't believe you when you say that do they <laughs> it's no, just the I same, know, but you, totally to do, you do but you just have to trust that that is going to work for sure um, I use a hat. I'm always got sunglasses on, you know, um, because, you know, I do notice that when I'm on location shooting that I've, my arms get more skin damaged. Yeah, just be careful of that because you don't notice that until you get older. And also, if you're taking antibiotics or hormones, replacement, menopause things, um, the, the body's much more sensitive to sun. So beware. And you can tend, you possibly would get um, uh, pigmentation. So beware of that. Um, wearing um, perfumes in the sun, not a good idea because uh, you get pigmentation. So you're better off with like a perfume waters. Right. Uh, yes. Like 
Santa Maria Vela do it. A lot of the baby brands, French and Spanish baby brands, do these waters that are actually really beautiful and fresh. So, yeah, don't use stuff like that because that can give you pigmentation. You have endless amount of tips and, you know, <laughs> of course you do, <laughs> which, which when we, we always finish an episode by um, talking about, you know, the biggest or most memorable beauty mistake or beauty blunder that you can remember sort of doing or that still makes you laugh today. And I can't imagine that you have any, Wendy, but let oh, me know God, if you I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this funny story. When I first started doing makeup, it was, you know, it was about getting the lip line really precise, you know. I remember, I mean, I laugh about it still until now. I was very, very nervous and I tended not to breathe when I was doing someone's lip line. Oh, and, and then I kept on, because I was naive and I just didn't know, rather than if I went over a bit, I tried to correct it with more colour, where now I'd be like, it's fine. I'll just take some of that off, you know, but I was more experienced and, you know, um, you make mistakes with makeup, it's fine. But I just kept on doing it bigger and bigger and bigger until it was kind of really quite close to her nose. And then I just thought, and I wasn't breathing either, so I was a bit like, and, uh, and then in the end I thought, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. And I was like, you're done. And then she said what have you done to my lips? And I was like, what? And she was like, they're, they're really like a joker's mouth I've made it. And I, mean, I still laugh to this day that I just didn't know what to do because I just wasn't experienced. So I kind of like thought I could blag it a bit. It clearly didn't work. But, yeah, that was a massive mistake. And another mistake that I used to make when I first started was because you have no concept of doing someone's makeup, you might tend to lean on them when you're doing it. And you, I noticed that people just put their hand in the middle of their forehead and it's quite quite difficult, you know, for the person to keep their head up. Or, you know, obviously I don't do that now, but you, or you don't put your hands in the hair because the hair just to be like, ah, get your hands out my hair, you know. So, um, yeah, so there were the kind of big poo-poos I'd done, but funny though. <laughs> Funny. Yes, funny. so funny. And it's so comforting to somebody like me speaking to a legendary makeup artist like you <laughs> to know that you have stories like that in your locker. So thank you so you much. Ha- <laughs> you have to make mistakes to become you better. Do. Otherwise, you know, you know, if you get everything right all the time, you're going to make a mistake. It's just part of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's such a gorgeous grounded note to finish on. Thank you so much, Wendy. And thank you for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed it too. It's been a pleasure. And I hope everyone um, liked the tip. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Vischer. Please keep listening for more episodes and listen back to previous episodes for some amazing guests sharing their top beauty tips. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. It really does make the difference to people finding us. See you next time. And thanks again to Schwarzkopf for supporting this episode. With 125 years in the hair industry, they want to inspire and enable you to unleash the power of hair to tell your story. Take Schwarzkopf's Keratin Hairspray, for example, a stronghold spray that not only delivers unbeatable hold, it's an updo essential, but boosts your hair's shine with everywhere too. Then there's Schwarzkopf's Vitamin B5 Hairspray, a go-to for volume and lift. 
and Schwarzkopf's ceramide hairspray, which provides the perfect balance between strength and suppleness. Talk about multitaskers. I am proud of my hair and I'm proud of myself. <laughs>